0: And welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm Jack, and I'm dro- So just to just to caveat this, like if you've listened to previous episodes, I've uh, I've been mentioning a lot this Irish mate of mine called Jack, who I sort of in a in a probably you know if we t- you know we all know I yes I know I'm going full Alan Brazil here, but the internet's a sensitive place now. I get that. And I'm sensitive to it as well. I'm woke, everyone. Anybody who's listened to this, you know I'm woke. But I am a man of a certain age now, so I do realise that perhaps some of my perspectives are what one might consider gammon nowadays. And in a slightly problematic fashion, as soon as we signed Matt Doherty, like an Irish lad, I just basically slid straight into the DMs of my token Irish mate jack and i've i've referenced him since several times on the pod i believe even last week i said he had a chip on his shoulder for being irish but now here he is he's he's he wasn't too happy about that and he insisted he actually he he begged me to come on to rule the Roots podcast um and here he is mr jack 90 mins jack gallagher football writer extraordinaire how are you doing mate
2: god a lot of those words i don't know extraordinaire Writer, oof, bit much. <laughs>
0: it's but, top yeah, billing, mate. It's, it's what you get here. It is.
2: Jeez. God, I'm statue. But, um, hi, here I am, uh, chip on my shoulder and all, uh, token, <laughs> really lukewarm, 10 of Guinness in my hand, and ready to talk about your shitty little football club called Tottenham Hotspur.
0: You love us, really, don't you? No, you're, you're sort of so. Jack is from uh, Derry. I'm not going to do the the London Derry Street Derry thing. If you don't want to call it Derry, just stop this just fuck off. I'm going <laughs> to call it Derry, right? And so Jack you you're you're a Derry City fan, but really your top level club is Juventus. Is that because you're one of these like football nonces... Or is it just because you just quite like Juventus, you know?
2: Um, To be perfectly honest, when I got on the football, Derry City, as they are now, are an absolutely terrible football club. Like I love them, they bet, but they are awful, like really, really terrible. They've scored, what, 15 goals in 15 games this season. They're (laughs) like four points off relegation in Ireland. So... I kinda needed a really, really, really good football team to support and I must have stuck on the T V one day and seen Del Piero and Ned and thought, geez, they're like the first people I've ever seen that can actually play football. I'm gonna back those boys and been here ever since.
0: I mean it's it is fair enough really. Like it's I always find it's quite interesting, like the the supporting like A club that like I mean have you have you seen them I'm not trying to like shame you or anything but like have you have you been to like Turin have you seen have you watched them in the flesh
2: no I've actually only ever seen them playing in England so I know we both went to the Spurs uh, Juventus game the less said about that
0: the the better but yeah
2: what a game what a performance
0: I Um, think you still revel in that video I took didn't didn't you like i didn't I didn't ever share it on twitter there's a, there's a there's a there's a horrible video that I took of when Spurs were like cruising I think it was just after Son had scored and I was filming Wembley and one of those kind of one of those just little pockets when Wembley wasn't totally shit, and the whole ground was just singing oh when the Spurs. And I was just, like, feeling it. it. was, like, coursing through my veins. This is it. Tottenham, finally, we're announcing ourselves at, the, the like, the top table. We're beating Juventus, one of these stalwarts of European football. The whole ground singing, oh, win the Spurs. And I think it got to, like, the second chorus, just before it kind of breaks down into the, oh, and the Spurs part. And then you just see, like... <laughs> I think it was Dybala sort of broke through, did that little dink over to Higuaín, who then just nutted it in, and it all just goes quiet. And you can hear just around me being like, oh, for fuck's sake! And stuff like that from like people sat next to me and things when everyone just knows what's going to come. And I didn't share it anywhere, but I was just like, you know what, Jack? I'm going to give this to you because this is just such veins material. But anyway. Oh, I loved it. I've jumped in. I've jumped in. So yeah, you uh you you've not you've not watched Juventus so you're you so you're a plastic Juventus fan, yeah, right? That's that's what Um that.
2: I'm a, a T V Juventus fan. Uh not a plastic Derek City fan, I've been a lot the brandy well. It's not as bad as it was, but back in the day it was a proper shithole. So I've had my first year life football matches. Maybe not good ones, but they all kind.
0: Do you, uh, is there any sort of, because, you know, there's obviously like, I mean, let's let's be honest, a sort of predominantly gammon movement that gets kind of angry at, you know, South Koreans supporting Spurs or Americans or Australians, like, you know, they're, they're sort of, they're happy with the money that new territories kind of generate to, for example, sign players like Gareth Bale or give harry kane a big new contract or build a big new stadium and what have you but there's still that kind of ownership over clubs do you like do you engage much with Juventus fans is there do you get any pushback or anything on that uh,
2: more previously i think i used to tweet about them a lot more than i do now um i find it like since Ronaldo's call in particular, um, and this kind of weird obsession with winning the Champions League has kind of give like false perspective on how well a club have done over the past like ten years or so. It was like what everyone every time Juventus lose, everyone kind of has a breakdown on Twitter. I've just kind of started to like take a step back and be like, I don't really mind anymore. Like they've won enough over the past like ten years. Like. I remember them being in Serie B and things and being completely dog shit and like watching them on like Tuesday evenings on Eurosport. It's like, it's grand. Like, I'm happy enough with the lot that they've won. And now, especially under Pirlo and things, i are just going to enjoy it for what it is. If they lose a couple of games, it's grand. They've lost plenty of games before.
0: It's because, I don't know, there's a lot of like still because I'm sort of, I'm that age where. I I didn't have Sky and all that sort of stuff when I was growing up. And so my early access to football really was the Serie A. It was Football Italia on Channel 4. I probably, like, in my early years, saw more of, like, Serie A football. Well, no, I definitely saw more of Serie A football than I did Premier League football. I've, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for it. I've always kind of, again, not kind of, I've always preferred it to... La Liga or to especially the Bundesliga which seems to be kind of like the the play thing of kind of a lot of English football fans to have a second football team in and I've sort of liked Roma quite a lot in the past and my like for them kind of disappeared a lot after everything that sort of happened with Spurs even though there's been some sort of debate as to whether or not it was Lazio fans or Roma fans or everything like that. I just think there's a... I don't know. It, 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 it awkwardness.
2: Just, there's a wee
0: awkwardness there. Yeah, it just yeah. sort of, it, it, I don't know, it saw the whole thing. I've always quite liked Napoli as well, Maradona and all that type of thing. But I've never had like a, a passionate, real like love for a Serie A club per se. I've just always quite liked Serie A football.
2: Um, yeah,
0: certain players and things. Yeah, and I just I don't know. I just think there's a lot of it 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 did obviously go through some fairly sort of dark times, but I still think now there's a fairly outmoded sort of opinion that Italian football is really boring and it's it's actually have you ever like have you watched it? It's like it's pretty um it's it's pretty high intensity nowadays really, yeah. to be honest. Like,
2: Atlanta, I was writing an article today. We subsection Atlanta, And they've scored They've averaged Like five and a half Goals a game This season In their games And it's like Jesus Like I know like 30-40 years ago um, Well not that long Jesus 92 Was when AC Blam Won the league Scoring like 35 goals Or something crazy But It's changed It's evolved The way All footballs is involved Fullbacks don't defend Anymore Centre backs Are a bit shit And strikers score A metric Fuck ton of penalties just the way football all is, all free Europe now. I don't think there's as much differential between leagues as there was anymore. Which is quite sad in a way, but also like tend to break down those barriers of like continental football being so much different from Premier League football, so it is. And uh just on like like what you're saying about access, the uh Italian football is I've I've always had this thing like like over in Ireland, everyone Not many people actually support Irish football teams. I think it is generally because the standard is really low. Like, can't beat around the bush. The standard is really, really low. Like, one of my favourite Derry City players ever was the club captain, and he also worked in Tesco at the same time. Like, that's the standard we're talking. So it is, yeah, I cannot see why people gravitate towards, like, foreign football instead. But over here, you have so many people who support English football teams and it's kind of you just being a wee bit strange to support a team from Italy or Germany or anything, where is the way I look at it is my access to English football is pretty much the exact same as my access to Italian football and German football and Spanish football and all, so you can't pick from any of those leagues from my like foreign team.
0: Well, at least you're not a Liverpool fan. A lot of Irish At fans. least I'm yeah. they, are.
2: they all are, everyone.
0: Yeah. That's it, bloody paddies. That?
2: There we go. Uh, we, we got a counter
0: for uh, Irish off. stereotypes here. That's
2: one. I'll mark you down for three when you say potatoes.
0: All uh, right. Oh, no. Oh, I, I, come on. Give me some credit. You know, <laughs> I'll give look, you
2: some credit. Yeah. I'm
0: not. I'm not that. I might be a, a a problematic gammon, but I'm not a moron. You know. Come
2: on. You're not that problematic. You're yeah. not that much of a gammon as well. You're more more ham, more
0: co- more cooked ham. <laughs> Sliced, but but like the the the, you know not the not the sort of like wafer thin stuff that's all shoved into a packet. I'm the you know when you go into like a Waitrose or a Marks and Spencers, and they sell the same stuff, but they sell ham, but they sell like just five slices of it, just placed in a packet. Exact, yeah, that's it. I'm I'm a I'm a crumbed ham. I'm not a gam. Yeah, I like that. I like that a gammon with a bit of class. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'll take that. that. to that to me is a win, mate. You know, that, that's that's a compliment. That that's is it. A compliment. That's how low my bar is. Um, I wish people called
2: me, huh?
0: <laughs> we've uh we've sort of digressed a lot here and I think that's that, but that's good, you know. That's the that's the nature of the nature of this show. Um you know, we don't play by the rules. That's, uh, you never have.
2: You never have.
0: No, I'm the I'm the guy that wears a leather jacket to the office. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it would be quite interesting. Anyway, uh, after 13 minutes, I'll I'll tell people why I've got you on here. Uh, kind of a a uh, Juventus fan from Derry, um, because. You know, there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of talk the past few weeks. A lot of Spurs fans get very excited about the Mourinho project, and rightly so. I'm one of them. Um, and then there was a lot of kind of crashing back down to earth, should we say, after that West Ham result. That I honestly, as it was going on, nearly put my foot through the TV watching. Um, So I thought it would be quite interesting to talk to somebody who doesn't particularly have any fondness for Spurs, but doesn't particularly equally have anything really against Spurs other than enjoying taking the piss out of me when Spurs don't do something good, which is is quite often. Um, So, yeah, I I just thought it would be quite interesting to kind of get a measure of uh, where you kind of felt Tottenham were at and what we can expect from this season um so just to sort of give you the long short of like my my hot takes from West Ham is that obviously as it was happening I was kind of I was I was fucking fuming the, the first half hour or so we go 3-0 up and absolutely you know spellbinding at times and then there was just this whole sort of... The the filling of the sandwich, if you like, was just a lot of nothingness, really. It was a pretty mad game. Both sides sort of counteracted one another, nullified one another pretty well. Spurs were probably slightly stronger than West Ham, as you'd expect, but... You know, we were pretty comfortable. And then... Jose Mourinho seemed to have in his head, and, you know, again, there's a lot of revisionism about it, and I've I've done it myself in sort of WhatsApp conversations, talking to people, you know, there was... But still, when you really think about it, Mourinho had acted like the job was done on 80 minutes, and you can kind of forgive him, 3-0 up, 82 minutes into a game, sort of ripped the heart out of the team brought in Ndombele, on, brought Bale on, which was a bit of a sideshow, paired up Winks and Sissoko in the centre of midfield, and then everything sort of fell to pieces, and West Ham came back. Lanzini got a, what can only be described as an incredible goal, Galazzo, and 3-3, and it was fucking infuriating and I didn't even want to like that's probably why this podcast is a bit late I didn't even want to fucking record a podcast to be honest after it didn't really want to talk about it just couldn't really be asked. like I kind of fell into that whole thing of like yeah we started to believe that you know 3-0 up I was getting messages from mates being like fucking hell mate you lot are gonna win the league this year actually I'm I kind of feel like you're gonna do it and in my heart of hearts, I was suddenly like, we actually are. Like, Liverpool look shit, City look average, nobody's really standing out. Suddenly, we look good, and why is that a surprise? Mourinho is actually good, of course he is. Um, Fuck, maybe we're going to do it. And then suddenly, it turned into like, no, we're not, we're awful. But now, I'm kind of like... <laughs> I mean, Liverpool lost 7-2 to Aston Villa. We won 6-1 away at Old Trafford. Like, it's not a normal season. Fucking weird stuff does happen. Spurs can be culpable for a lot, but we still look good. Like, we still look all right. And I'm not saying we're definitely going to win the league, but I don't think there's an awful lot to take from that West Ham game other than that defensively yet we're a bit suspect and we sort of knew that but what team in the Premier League isn't defensively suspect but at the moment in at least on current form we've probably got the best player in the world in Harry Kane and we've just got a really good side so maybe we can still win the league I don't know I've probably said a lot there Jack Take take it away, mate. What 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 were your thoughts as a as a as a neutral, and what do you think about Spurs and Mourinho?
2: So I I I knew full well not to message you after the game. I was dying, <laughs> to, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna will leave it a couple of days, and because I think it was one of those ones where outside looking on, which I'm doing, um, I thought it was a really good performance in Tottenham. I thought he's played really really well. And a lot of revisionism around how Mourinho approached the second half, where he was more passive and saddened and things. I kind of obviously it ended up being a mistake because of the three goals conceded. Uh, one of like two of which were avoidable. The Lanzini one is a fucking miracle. Like he hasn't done anything in about two and a half years, and then pulls that out. Like it's unexplainable how he was able to do that at that time. Um, but I kinda get why Mourinho went at the second half in that way. And it kinda brings me on to why I don't think he's really need to panic about what happened. Is look, obviously like he did that because the defence isn't very good. Like let's uh, just call a spade a spade. Like the three centre backs, none of them are at the level where normally in a Premier League season you would say, God, like Toby two years ago. Yes, but not now. No. Uh, but you have those three centre-halves. You can't really trust any of them. And there's not many seasons in which you could get away with that. And I think like was tried to compensate from that like by being passive when you have a lead. And I do understand why he does it. I get it. Um, it's also in his nature to do that. But why I would say not to panic is like really tauntless deficiencies can be seen throughout the whole league. Like No, especially with Liverpool having Van Dijk out for the season, the, the exact problems Tottenham face at the moment and the exact reasons why you drew that West Ham game, um, every other team in the league susceptible to that. So I wouldn't be too worried about those things haunting you when those things are going to come back to haunt every team in the league at some point this season. I think it was quite good to get that sort of result out of the way early. So that instead of the kicking the balls, which it felt like in Sunday, like you turn it around and it can be more of a kick in the arse for the whole club. Um so and as well like looking at things like like the Lancini goal in particular, like like it was like like you know when Omar died in the wire when he was yeah. killed by the kid? It was kinda like that. It was like it was so shocking. It was so out of the blue. Yeah. But you kind of have to give them a wee bit of credit for scoring that goal. It was just kind of like, it's obviously annoying at the time, but when you think about it, it's like, shit, Like that was actually really clever. Like, like wire-wise, that was actually really good from West Ham. That goal was incredible. And that's going to happen to a lot of teams this season. So I think, like, get that out of the way now uh, and just move forward. And I think he's have done that in a good way by going and pumping Lask in the are Thursday night. Um, so... I think like I think there's been a lot of panic around Tottenham. I think it's because honestly, like when I look at Tottenham fans in comparison to a lot of other fans, I think you should get quite more emotionally attached to the club. And <laughs> I think like Mood swings a lot more in Tottenham oh, uh fan bases than any other fan base that I've noticed. Certainly in not anyone's um a part of it anyways. And I just think there's a lot of like reactionary uh opinions to what happened in the West Ham game and I I think like sometimes those things are right and sometimes that whole Spursy tag's a thing but like this season right now at the moment when there's no pre-season relatively speaking the league's a bit crap like there's not one particularly good team in the league, like the league, I was saying this to you the other day, I think the league's going to be won by a team like 83 to 85 points like it's not gonna be one of those seasons where you have someone like scratching that uh hundred point record again. I just don't think it's gonna happen. So I just I don't I don't think it's one to worry about. I think it's one to step back from, take a deep breath and just keep playing on because your Man City's, your Liverpool's, certainly your United's and most certainly your Arsenals are gonna have results like that or worse coming up in the next couple of weeks, never mind the rest of the season. I think
0: the, the the funny thing is that you touch on there because I agree with you in terms of on the on the league that I think see the, the the problem with Spurs fans and I just I you know I'm projecting a lot here sort of projecting Spurs fans as a pejorative onto like probably my own vision of things but at least from, like, reading reading the room, if you like, is that, like, there is always this idea of, like... Because we're so used to, so many of us at least, anyway, like, our whole kind of scope on what we are as a club is ultimately that we're not very good. And I think there's still that coming to terms with the idea that we're actually kind of all right now really I mean like yeah we st- I, I, we don't have the silverware and everything to back it up but in that saccharin kind of horrible way that modern football is now Spurs have played the game quite well and we've established ourselves as a so called top side where barring something really catastrophic we're probably not going to fall too far from like The top table and everything like that. Much in the way that, like Arsenal, you know, we've sort of revelled in Arsenal's demise. But if you really think about it, Arsenal have still stayed in the top 10 consistently. They've still won FA Cups. They've still always remained relevant, even though, relatively speaking, to the top teams, they've been pretty crap, you know, for over a decade now. Um, and Spurs have kind of managed to wrangle their way into that conversation a bit, but the, there's still that kind of fear that comes with it. That, like after, you know, like with Pochettino, there was that part of me that was just like, "This is the, like this is this is kind of we're so close to touching that glory that I'm never ever 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 gonna see again in my lifetime as a Spurs fan, like." Growing up, remembering as kind of like it, it being a great season if we maybe just missed out on you on getting into the UEFA Cup or if we got to the quarterfinals of an FA Cup or something that was like a brilliant season for us. Like Sp- Spurs were so relatively speaking to now shit. Like when I was growing up, like they were really, really not very good at all. And now that we're kind of all right, there's always that fear that we're not going to capitalise whilst we're actually all right. Um, I
2: kind of see that with you, where um, there's kind of the feeling that I don't think Spurs fans really have enjoyed the past five or six years of being Spurs fans as much as they should have. No. And I think, like, And it's really funny the way I see, even now with I've seen more enjoyment to be coming back, and that's probably the happiest I've seen Tottenham fans in a very, very, very long time on social media at least. And I see a lot of like lack of enjoyment of like being this good for this long. And I know like he's obviously having won the trophies and things, and I know there's been disappointments along the way, like the FA Cup games against Chelsea in particular, where. Fucking Son was playing left wing back and shit like that. Um, but I think those have kind of outweighed the ones for Spurs fans for a long time. And I just like this season, I know he's really wanted to win the league. I know he's a burden yourselves and the club with the expectation of potentially <laughs> winning the league this year. But honestly, like I just think you should. Enjoy the fact that this year is going to be a lot better than last season. And it, league-wise, it's going to be a lot better than the year before, by the whole Champions League run, obviously. Um, and I just think you should enjoy the fact that Bay's like, back, Hurricanes, the best player in the league, by an absolute mile, playing in a way that, after all those ankle injuries, honestly, I didn't think was possible again. Always worried about those ankles. They're made of fucking plywood.
0: Never out um, of Harry Kane, mate. That's the biggest I mistake. Know. That's it. But it's, Spurs um, fans do it. It's not just you. Plenty of Spurs yeah, fans yeah.
2: do there's Yeah, always, yeah. There's always that. I think there's always that, like, Tottenham worry all the time about everything. Where it's like, God, this is going really well right now, but Doc Hurricane's going to get injured like two weeks' time. Or, oh, this is a great one in the FA Cup, but, fuck, Chelsea are going to beat us to the semi-finals and things like that. It's just, I think you just need to be like, this sounds so like therapeutic like therapist shit here but just enjoy where you are enjoy your club playing better than they have for the 25 years before and yeah because you know it like you know yourself it doesn't last forever just enjoy it while it lasts like
0: do you not think though it would be i mean if you if you look at the squad we have, and like you say, I mean, I I think the thing for me is that like, I do like I have I have a lot of affection for for Harry Kane, but I don't. It's not even one of these things that's shaped by oh, because he's one of our own, or because he's English, or because it's 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 none of that type of bullshit. Like it, it like on a genuine level, it's not. I think it's because I comfortably kind of sit at an age whereby I was never old enough to have really seen kind of Hoddle or any of these kind of like a lot of plays that like sort of my dad who had seen, you know, my dad's always gone about like Hoddle was great or Ardiles was great or Blanche. He, I don't think he remembers Blanche Flower or Greaves quite as well, but he sort of does, you know, he, he kind of gets it a bit with them. But He's seen a lot of good players down the years and stuff. And so he's like, Yeah, Harry Kane is brilliant. Like he he does think he's brilliant and stuff. Um And as now there's kind of like a few players who are a bit younger than me who have like who have been introduced to Harry Kane. So they're always naturally gonna think, oh well, you know, there might be somebody better than him come along. But I think I'm kind of just old enough to be like I've seen enough good players at Spurs, you know, Ginola, Berbatov, Sheringham, Klinsmann, Bale, Modric, Ledley King,
2: Stephen
0: yeah. Carr. Yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> what yeah, genuinely very very good yeah. player. Yeah. Um Gary Doherty, you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> like Ginger Pele, Ginger Pele. <laughs> um but en- enough to know that Harry Kane is actually like he is one of those players that when people are just like maybe we should cut our losses on him it's just like no just enjoy him while we've got him like he is he is a special player he's a unique player any you know he's our Alan Shearer like look at Newcastle fans they still eulogize Alan Shearer and rightly so like he's a homegrown hero he scored fuck loads of goals for them and he had no right to Newcastle have always been an alright team you know, but they had an incredible striker there. What, whatever you want to say about how his ceiling was or not, he, uh, in terms of a striker's duties, he scored goals and he scored a fuckload of them, and he was brilliant. You know, um, same as Arsenal fans with Omri, Chelsea fans with Drogba. I mean, Drogba didn't wasn't really that prolific, but we know his effect. We know what a great kind of player person everything he was he was just emblematic of the football club and harry kane really is that you know we we you know if if people of like my kind of age we may legitimately never see a player who is all encompassingly as tottenham and as great as harry kane is ever again so just enjoy that um and i've sort of lost track of what my actual point was but it's more just like it would feel like an opportunity missed because it wouldn't like would it really be that outlandish to suggest that really maybe somebody like villa might win the league this year do you know like do you know what i mean it's got that no, feel about mean. it you know
2: Honestly, like the way I see it this season is um look because the defences in the league and I really can't stress this enough, the defences in the league are fucking awful, like they're terrible. So like, bad. No one defends, no one can defend, no one even tries to defend, like Trent Alexander Arnold, best right back in the league, no doubt about it. Doesn't even think of defending. Like in that Villa game, seven two stood on a halfway line while Ollie Watkins and Jack Resnall were running on behind him <laughs> for days. And it's like he's a great player. Like there's no right back you would rather have in the league. But he still can't defend. Like that that's the sort of level we're talking about in the Premier League at the moment. And I think the whole league this season is going to be defined by the front threes. And whichever team has the front three which scores the most goals, I think is going to win the league this season. It is going to be a season in which the team that scores the most goals wins the league, and that's just the way it's going to be because everyone's going to have those moments where your Serge Arias, your Davison Sanchez's, your Ben Davis is coming in the odd time, come in and make a balls or something. And it's just going to happen to every single team. Every single team has it. It's a bit like, do you know that Arsenal team from about 10 years ago where they had really, really good players going forward and things, but you always knew that no matter how well they played, someone at the back was going to do something stupid. Mm. And I think, like, every team in the league right now has at least one of those players. So, with that in mind, I think, as a front three, on paper, Kane, Bade, and Son might be the best in the league. Like, it's right up there, especially with the way... um, I know people talk a lot about Bobby Firmino, and, like, it's all, like, the little things he does and all these fucking who scored half, bases, and all this. Shit, um, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, he has regressed over the past year and a half or so. Sadio Mane has picked up the load for him, and Salah's always going to baggy twenty-five goals in the season. But if Spurs can, the one of the main ups is if they can keep Bale and Kane fit. But that's that's massive. If you can keep Kane foot, Kane can generally get you. 30 goals and 20 assists this season like he's on course for it, he's like 7 assists already this season which is just insane and the other big if is if he can get Son to play at the level he's currently at more consistently because for how great Son is on his day it, he is a player that only plays well on his day He's, like he's streaky, quite isn't inconsistent. He, he really is and the the main fears for Tottenham is those two things. It's injuries for two of the front three and being able to keep it together for a full season for Son. If he's going to do that, I wouldn't bet against he's won the league for sure. Um, Because for all your flaws, like for all Kane's problems with his ankles and Bale with every muscle on his legs and Son's streakiness is... There's the hope that they can keep fit, whereas when you look at a Man City, they're never going to keep Sergio Aguero fit for the whole season. It's just not going to happen.
0: No, he's, I mean um, he's fucked up, isn't he? Really? He's
2: he's just broken. So he's yeah, like he, he's only back this week. He's missed, He's already missed a month of football. Like I would be really shocked if he didn't miss an hour at least two months this season.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Do you I mean my sort of my my low-key worry for a while now has been that like you know, Kane it's not even a worry as such, but like my sort of feeling has been that I I find that a lot of Spurs fans are quite complacent about Kane and this was kind of feeding into my other point that from the my sort of rambling take from before that we're just going to have him because he loves Spurs and whatever. And I, I think it kind of falls into that category of like two contrasting thoughts can, ex- can coexist in that, you know, I think the idea that Kane could leave because he wants to win stuff doesn't take away from the fact that he would love to win stuff at Spurs and does like, or love Spurs, if you like. Um, But I mean, can you see it like from the outside being that type of thing? Because there's a lot of naysayers who are often like, oh, you know, I, I can't see a team like Madrid or Barcelona. Kane's not fashionable enough or he's not kind of, you know, I don't know, they'll have concerns about his his ankles and you've got somebody like Haaland coming up now and these kind of caveats. But if you look at kind of the season that Kane is having now, do you not kind of feel that like this is kind of almost gearing up for one of those, of course that was going to happen, that Real or Barca or even somebody like City who have been pretty quietly but from what I do hear from the limited bits of ITK I do get have been long-term admirers of Harry Kane it wouldn't be the biggest surprise ever would it when if say this summer after this season somebody literally was just like actually fuck it let's just drop 100 mil on Harry Kane let's just get him in
2: I wouldn't be surprised at all to be honest and I think people that are surprised are, geez, I feel like I'm like really slagging off the like talent pool as a whole in football at the minute all the time at the minute. But <laughs> like, there's not that many really genuinely world class strikers around at the minute, and ones who can't progress to be world class. Like, obviously you do have Haaland, who's just a freak. Like he's fucking Ivan Drago, Rocky Four. It's terrifying, he's, isn't he? When you look at just, his face, he's insane to so, he yeah, Is it ridiculous? Um, and you have Mbappe who is just generational talent Yeah. aside from that who do you have really? Chiro Immobile he scored 30 odd goals last season he'll he's never like, do it again he's about
0: 67 though isn't he? As
2: well? oh geez, aye, aye and Lukaku who we all know what Lukaku is he scores goals but can't link up play anywhere near the level Kane can and never will be able to and um, I mean, you have Jamie Vardy, who's about 70, who's already on the decline. Aubameyang, who's on the decline, can't be trusted to play up front anymore, plays out wide. Akiardi, who's, by all accounts, not a very good person. And that's (laughs) kind of it, really, off the top of my head. Lewandowski. I'm not going Lewandowski because, like, he's, he's, Bayern for the rest of his life like there's no way anyone's going for him and can't get him nah. Kane's the only one that really bar hound, and bar Mbappe if you want to spend like a quarter of a billion on a footballer that you could get for around 100 million that can guarantee at least 25 goals a season and I know Benzema had an incredible season last year but it felt like a last hurrah for Benzema. It doesn't feel like he can do that again consistently over the next couple of years. And with the way Real Madrid didn't sign anyone this summer, it feels like they're going to make a big splash next summer. And the obvious candidate for making that big splash for is Mbappe. But I wouldn't rule out Kane being that person that they go for. Um, And... I think what Spurs done in the summer might be key for actually keeping them long-term is I think for a few years there, there was kind of a stagnation at Tottenham, especially yeah, yeah. in the transfer market, where it just felt like there was a lack of ambition there. They really take the next step and do what Liverpool and teams like that have done by like going and making the big signing with Van Dijk and Alisson and people like that. Spurs didn't really do that. And I can see that kind of affecting a player like Hurricane's morale, where he's clearly getting better. Like, this is the best Hurricane's ever been.
0: Yeah, it, um, it definitely is. It definitely is. Yeah.
2: Just all round play, the way he drops in. Like, he has that instinct around goal again, which I think, like, he kind of. I just didn't really see it as much last season when he was kind of nursing those ankles and things but he really has it back and has the confidence again to do those things I just think like going out and it doesn't seem like much but going out and signing people like Matt Doherty and Hoiberg and Regulon and just those signings they bulk up the squad they show some sort of ambition and the way Mourinho's talked about going and winning trophies and things I think a lot of those things are kind of to keep keen long term, keep them happy and show them that the club's moving in the right direction and can be a, a valuable club for him to be at, They win things they won the FA Cup, they won the Premier League, they won the Europa League I'm not going to say Champions League um, <laughs> and actually achieve those things at Tottenham because it's so, it sounds like such a Tottenham fan thing to say and I know a lot of Tottenham fans have said it over the years where it's like Hurricane won the Premier League once at Spurs will mean more to Hurricane than him going to Real Madrid and winning three Champions Leagues. And in and, and a lot of ways that sounds ridiculous. It sounds like it doesn't make sense. But Toddy, who won one Scudetto with Roma, uh came out and said after that, he was like he would have rather won that one Serie A title with Roma than one
0: Anything else with any other club? It's, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know if you uh if you listen to it, but Stephen Gerrard on um I know you love Stephen Gerrard as well, but Stephen Gerrard on uh, Jamie Carragher's podcast was it was pretty interesting. Like he was uh he was he was actually really quite candid about the Gerrard slipped stuff, and it <laughs> you know. I don't know on a on a on a pu- uh, yeah on a purely human level. I I I obviously found it very funny as, basically anyone that wasn't a Liverpool fan did. Um, but hearing him as a as a bloke kind of talk about it, as in like you know, I I get it. I get why it's such a laugh for everyone and all this type of thing. But really, on an actual human level, people cannot. Probably even begin to comprehend the dark place I went to in my head after that whole thing happened, and how long it took me to recover from that mentally. And he he basically said that he could only halfway start to feel alright again when he saw Liverpool looking really good under Klopp again. He was almost like there was always this, there was almost like a sense of redemption there and there was he just was suddenly like cuz he he turned down he got offered to be part of the whole press pack um and I I really hate talking about this game cuz it's fucking horrible but the Champions League final against Spurs um he got he got you know obviously naturally he got invited to be part of the whole coverage and all this type of thing and he was just like you know what i don't i i don't want to be part of it i i don't want to take any work i just want to go out to madrid i want to have some beers and i just want to watch it as a liverpool fan because i am a liverpool fan and and then he just said that he started to enjoy it again and that kind of Brought that hunger back for him again for Liverpool, and if he does stuff with Rangers, it'll be good and everything. And but ultimately, his hope is to get. He sort of he sort of set himself his pathway to redemption for it by one day being Liverpool manager and doing something which, I mean, let's be honest, is really is totally delusional. <laughs> like, there's he's st- not st- a good manager. No, like there's not a chance. <laughs> but y- you kind of, a, I think it's maybe easy to understate or maybe even overstate like how much it's just a job for players you know we sort of seen that a little bit with Bale at the moment as in like I was talking to like my mate Tom who was who I had on um sort of a week or so ago talking about Bale's return and he at first was sort of a bit like, well, I just think he's a bit cynical from Bale and his agent to make out like he loves Spurs as much as he does. And it's like, but maybe he's just a bit older now. Maybe he has reflected and he is like, actually, you no, know, I was actually always quite happy at Spurs. And it doesn't have to be because he grew up around Tottenham or his dad was a Spurs fan. It can be a more selfish thing than that. And it can be selfish in the respect that, He liked Spurs because it actually represented a a good time in his life. And it sounds like you sort of said there, like, you know, it's ridiculous to suggest that Harry Kane maybe winning one thing with Tottenham would mean more to him than winning fucking five, six titles or whatever with Real Madrid. But, you know, Bale has won, what, three Champions Leagues, a Copa del Rey... I think two league titles in his time at Madrid, but he did he. I don't think he's maybe really going to look back on his time at Madrid as being particularly happy. Um,
2: I think it has some perspective from it, and I kind of see it, kind of mirror it, but not not the same, not the exact same, obviously, because no. Henri was washed when he came back to Arsenal. But it's kind of that same sort of like growth of affection over the years where when Henry was playing for Arsenal in 2002-2003, when he was arguably the best player in the world behind Pavel Neffet. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, he was incredible. But he wasn't Pavel Neffet, but that's beside the point. Um, But when he came back, he said he came back as an Arsenal fan, and that kind of love grew from being at Arsenal for so long, going and being somewhere else, and being just... He was just an all player at Barcelona. And yeah. That's the way Bade was at Real Madrid. Yeah. Real Madrid, like Real Madrid fans, as fickle as they are, never really bought any Bay that much. Like momentarily maybe in Champions League and Cup of the LA finals, but never like consistently for years. And I think coming back to a club where he was the main man before and like feeling some sort of as wanky as it sounds, feeling some sort of love from fans for the first time and five, six years, I think I might open his eyes a bit and seeing that like, there can be some sort of joy that he can take from football again. And I think that's maybe what you're seeing in all those uh, PR stunt Twitter videos from Tottenham. Because I think <laughs> a lot of those, I actually think a lot of those uh, things from Bale are genuine, as opposed to just being like really cold. This is how oh, yeah, I... Uh, endear myself to Tottenham fans after years of being away Um, and like you were saying about um, Gerrard as well with the the feeling that he cost his club the Premier League and I think like the same would happen with Kane if something like that would happen to Kane and if Kane say if Kane in my worst nightmare won the World Cup with England (laughs) (laughs) something like that happened at Tottenham where he slipped and let someone in they scored and they lost the league and I think it's very easy for fans outside uh, looking in to be like slagging it off because A it's proper like three studios slapstick comedy because he fell on his arse after literally
0: saying the week before we're not (laughs) going to let this slip like what the fuck
2: Perfect. it was perfect comedy like it was inch perfect like built up for weeks and then he actually did it but it's weird I think like we don't see it because like Jared won the Champions League all those times in this world Kane hypothetically won the World Cup with England and lost the league for Spurs those things are still hurt for those professionals because they're just different fucking breed they're just different like they want everything they want they won absolutely everything And in our heads, we would settle for any of those things. But losing that one thing matters so much to these professional athletes because that's what makes them, like, the animals that they are and makes them be able to be so good at something that they can, like, succeed to that level in a game.
0: It is mad, isn't it? Like, it's just... It's that... I don't know, because I do think that with... With sportsmen occupy, I think. I think you can have people who are brilliant in 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 many different respects, and I think maybe it's not just sportsmen. I think maybe I'm making a stupid point here. Really, it's not unlike me to, but um, maybe artists have this. Uh, certain musicians, to a degree, but sportsmen in particular, like they seem to just. There's some of them that can just. Touch these heights that are almost just like for all the will and everything, and for as much as they can try, they almost have to have a an extraordinary like level of fate conspire to like sometimes help them realize like their full glory. If you if you consider somebody like Messi who is so brilliant, he's still going to carry that black mark that he's not won a World Cup. He's probably not going to ever win a World Cup. And it was still... And yeah, he could have helped that by actually showing up against Germany. But, you know. (laughs) That aside. That aside. Um, But still, uh, I think they are probably... Aware of the fact that for all their toil and for all their endeavour, it's always going to rely on luck. And I think they're going to increase their chances of luck by sometimes going to somewhere like Madrid or, you know, wherever a team that's got a lot of money. But does that take away from the fact that? They don't still feel that same kind of like thing of like, yeah, but fuck, I could yeah. In Harry Kane's head, he could be like, Spurs haven't won the league since Black and White now, you know, and I could be that guy to win the league at Tottenham. That means a lot, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gambling with my career here because otherwise. What's gonna happen is and we all we all but we all know this is gonna happen. If he retires having won maybe a, a League Cup, say Spurs win the League Cup this year, that will that will follow him as well. People will never really rate him as much as they probably should have done, regardless of whatever records he breaks. Like Shearer isn't really held Probably, and I don't. I don't even like Shearer. I didn't really like him much as a player. I'm not really that big into international football, to be honest. So I never really got behind him that much for you know for whatever he did for England or anything like that. But really, like when you kind of look at it, he's probably not held in the esteem that he maybe should be, other than by the English media, no. because he never really won anything, you know? And... You get
2: the same with like even the level of Toddy and Baristuda. Yeah. And people like that were like Baristuda was just it was unbelievable. It was just on un- like otherworldly and he and the same with Toddy is like those players on a level 100 percent should have won three or four Champions Leagues and won the Ballon or two or three times and things like that, but they stayed loyal to their certain clubs, won a couple of trophies. But, like, in perspective, it's kind of like, and I, I this is me, like, guessing, to be honest, but I feel like players that have done that, players like Toddy and even to an extent where Maldini and people have done it, where I think there's a point where a footballer either backs himself Or kind of second guesses himself and be like, shit, maybe I do need to go and play with these greatest footballers in the world at Real Madrid and Barcelona and all to actually hit the level that I actually want to achieve. Or you can back yourself and be like, no, fuck it. Like, I am good enough to do this. And if the club are willing to back me to do it, I will do it. And I think we're kind of nearing that point with Kane where it's going to be either... He backs himself. They actually try and do it with Tottenham. Or he second guesses it and goes elsewhere. And I think that's kind of the mental point, which it's going to sit on Kane. And it probably has been sitting on Kane for a while.
0: I honestly think the, the majority of Spurs fans I know and speak to, everyone would be disappointed. Everyone would be fucking gutted. But also, I do actually, like, Kane is sort of in that, place where I do think if he went this summer barring to like fucking Arsenal or Chelsea or something you know like yeah. if, we, if we're if we being real if he if he did go to you know Madrid Barcelona or something I think most people would be happy for him and they'd sort of want to see him do it he's given us the best years of his career probably and just go fucking get a couple of titles win a Champions League or something and yeah. You Welcome know.
2: back whenever,
0: sort of, job. Yeah, exactly. Come back when you're 33 years old. Do a Teddy sharing them for us, you know, that sort of thing. Which, <laughs> yeah. which you can totally see happening. Um, but I guess just because... Uh, I guess, yeah, we've been recording for about an hour now. Um, I, I guess I'd just be interested to know that... And this has just been more of a conversation, really. This is... And that's that's what I like, Jack. This is... This, you know, that's that's what Roll the Roost podcast is, you know. We don't have a schedule. We don't have a running order. It's just too... Two laid-back dudes having a laid-back chat, you know. Yeah,
2: just chilling out.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. bro, having <laughs> having a doob. No, we we don't. I don't condone. Oh,
2: uh, um, no, no, get a Guinness.
0: That's it. Guinness. Yeah, I yeah. I've actually been drinking some red wine. If my speech does sound, I've I can always when I listen back to the podcast, if I've had a drink, drink or not, I can hear it because my speech is somewhat slurred, and I feel <laughs> that like I'm not. Making as sort of coherent points as I normally would, um, which is a pretty low bar at the best of times, anyway. Um,
2: red wine, though, Jack. Sometimes I do forget just how <laughs> upper middle class you actually are. <laughs> it does escape me sometimes talking to you, and then you, you bring me back down and be like, "I'm drinking red wine." I'm
0: like, "God, mate, fancy, mate, like, a fancy man." You know, I'm, I'm. I'm from the block, but you know I'm 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 pulling myself up by my bootstraps. You know that's that's yeah. that's the You're English it's the English way, mate. It's what we get drummed into us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If if a man who's what is it thirty is still getting a bus, he can consider himself a failure. You know, well, I'm thirty five. I don't have a driving yeah. license. You old <laughs> you old. And you still drive the bus? You old dead cow. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> Maggie's in the mud, um, but anyway, um, you can tell I've had a drink. He says, "Does I not drink?" But um, I guess just in yeah, in, he in in what do you think of Mourinho? Like, is is it so? He's. I mean, a lot is made of this failure at Manchester United, but really. Man United are a bit of a joke and he's thus far come the closest to actually making Manchester United look pretty competent in the wake of Alex Ferguson. He's been an unmitigated success wherever he's been as a manager. Yes, he's a wanker. Yes, he irritates the press. You can say what you like about his style of football, everything, but the man gets results. Is it a massive surprise to you that he actually seems to be doing all right at Tottenham? Or, or like, do you think he's washed? Do you think he's a, a dinosaur? No, I hate
2: those takes that he's finished and football's moved on and all this shit because at the end of the day... Where football's moved to, with defenders not being able to defend, with fullbacks standing at fucking corner flags and all, it's not to say this like progression tactically has been this amazing thing for football, and football has improved by playing this way. I actually think it's kind of regressed over the past 10, 15 years. Um, but with Mourinho, this at United, like, he didn't fail at United. United failed him, and United are continuing to fail consistently since he's left. And it seemed like such a ridiculous thing that he said at the time where he was, like, finishing second and won in the Europa League, and all with United was one of his greatest achievements ever. Like, looking back, like, that was a miracle, what he did with <laughs> that team at that time. They were terrible, awful, bunch of shitters. The only player they had was Pogba. But... I'm not surprised by it at all because, like you, like you said, like Mourinho's always been a great manager. Everywhere he's went, he succeeded. The only slight blip was United, and even then, it wasn't really a blip because he's done better than anyone else has done there, and probably will do there for the next five, ten years. So, and honestly, I think looking back, I know our Tottenham fans go quite racy about anything like. They like talk down Poch in any sort of way, but this painful rebuild that Pochettino talked about, um, I do, I do think that they maybe should have backed him and give him an R season and see how he did with some more backing. But that painful rebuild, looking back on it, the other right thing to do was to give it the a proven winner who kind of didn't fall in love with players the way Poch did and is able to be, take a slighter step back maybe assess players a wee bit better than Poch was doing for the past the last year of his tenure at Tottenham and bring in players that Poch wouldn't have signed like a like a Darty or a Heiberg or something I mean I'm just speculating but I would imagine that if Levy or whoever came to um Poch with a player like Matt Doherty, he probably would have turned his nose up on him. I'm just speculating, but that would be my uh, presumption of it. Um, I just think maybe now a, a manager like Mourinho is the right sort of stature of manager that Tottenham want to have and need to have they take that next step that you've been so painfully trying to make over the past three, four years. Um, I've seen it with um, Juventus, actually. It really uh, was comparative to what happened with Conte and Allegri at Juventus, where Conte, that Juventus team under Conte, um, especially the first season, the most enjoyment I've ever had out of supporting Juventus, ever. That team was amazing. to watch, so unexpected, the same way Poch was in those first two seasons, where... He still didn't have the expectation for Tottenham to be that good, yet they were that good. And then after that kind of wore off, he had all those sort of small failings, like the Champions League fader for Conte in particular, and kind of falling at hurdles in the FA Cup and all, the semi-finals for Poch, and some of the poor decisions he made tactically in those games. They kind of started to reel their head a little bit more over time. And... Over time, there is kind of a need for a new figure in the dressing room to kind of revitalize and take the next step. And I was really against Allegra getting the job at the time when Conte was leaving, like, was not happy at all. Loved Conte to bits the same way I pot, like Tottenham fans love Poch in that same sort of, like, visceral way. Um, but when Allegri came in, more pragmatic, knew more how to set up a defence, had less of a philosophy about football, yeah. but would set up a team week in, week out to beat the team in front of them. And when you're looking to take that next step, I think a manager like that is more necessary than a manager like Potch who kind of has a set way of doing things and will not change it for any reason.
0: Do you think... Jack, that Tottenham, not can, do you think Tottenham will win the league this season?
2: Oh, Jesus. Um... Oh, Jack, you put me in the spot here. I am going to say, because I'm on a Tottenham podcast, <laughs> and I've enjoyed myself, the Tottenham Will won the league, get to the bookies, stack a hundred quid on it, get it now while it's hot burning hot take. There you go, Jack. Um I don't know if I agree with myself, but I've said it, so it's done. It, okay, um, it's not
0: the league. Do yeah. you think we'll win something this season? I think
2: he's I, I think he's will won something this year. I would um i back to you at the start of the season, they won the FA Cup, um, without seeing how you've looked so much better over the past couple of weeks and how you see and how Kane and all have played. I think at the very least, he's will won a cup this year. Uh, I would guess it's the FA Cup. I think the Norwich situation last year really fucking hurt, um, particularly Mourinho. And I don't think he'll let that happen again.
0: That's interesting. I think even the fact it was a struggle for you to answer whether or not we'll win the league is pretty promising and something that people should take heart from. So you've heard it here first. By my Irish mate Jack, as he has been billed as, says Spurs are winning the league. Stick 100 quid on.
2: Yeah, stick 100 quid on. on um, you'll probably get a good odds somewhere. Probably Coral. Maybe. Brandy. We should get a Brandy.
0: I'm, I'm sad you didn't go with Paddy Power, mate. Maybe I'm oh, no, Paddy Power.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's an odd No, down. I'll count that as three.
0: I strike two, though. Black
2: mark, yeah. Strike two. I'm, counting it as, I'm counting it as more than two because I really don't like Paddy Power. I'm going to count it as three. Oh what? Yeah, that's not I'm fair.
0: Sorry. Is that because they are just generally problematic?
2: Yeah. Did you see the thing they did with the Shamrock Rovers, AC Milan game? Oh
0: god no! They, what
2: they, <laughs> they bought, they bought advertising for um, each stand, and they put up pure shit stuff like, we like Spag Ball Two and shit like that. And it was just embarrassing. And this is like our best team going to play AC Milan. And we were like talking about spag ball. It's Just embarrassing. They're just embarrassing.
0: I mean, um, at least you don't have a brass band that follows your national team around, mate. I know. <laughs> Do you know, like, like even, yeah. even the England games that have fake crowd noise in, they include the fucking England supporters band <laughs> into. Like, can we not just get a break from them?
2: Right. Um, he's are just inherently embarrassing nation, and he's always will be, and it's just one of those things. He'll always make me cringe a wee bit, all the time.
0: If you want to send Jackson abuse, his uh, Twitter handle is at Calcho Loves Jack, and uh, he likes to share lots of Irish Simpsons memes, which are generally kind of you know kind of making out that like the British or the English have been bad throughout history or something like that, but I don't know what he's on about really. Oh,
2: I don't know where you've got that. Oh, from. Pff,
0: mate, come Jeez. on. Get, o- get over it, mate. Potato oh. famine. I mean, what? Like, come on. <laughs> don't
2: even eat potatoes anymore. Exactly.
0: Sure. Come yeah. on. Um, but no, it's been lovely having you on, mate. And I, it's been quite... Cathartic. its almost I almost feel like you've been a bit of a football counsellor for me, really. I feel like
2: a right? have. This has been a bit of a, a bit. therapy session. It has it
0: been has, a bit, yeah. mate. I, you, and I, I like that... <laughs> I like that... I'm not sure if you're basing it just on me or as Spurs fans in general. But I did like your sort of take earlier on where it's just like... It's just something about you lot where, like... You're just so much more emotional than everyone else. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even gonna argue that because like we just because Liverpool are sort of emotional, but in a very different they've kind of got this emotional arrogance. They've got this leverage on that mawkish dash arrogance type thing. This Whereas more. Yeah. Whereas Spurs, we sort of have this like, we could, all right, but <laughs> you know, fuck, fuck you.
2: Emotionally, you're like always like five pints deep at the <laughs> side of a bar, <laughs> silently weeping.
0: Um... And and
2: your mate will come up and ask you, "All right?" And you'd be like, "No, I'm grand." We
0: we we're, we're definitely the bloke that still isn't over his childhood sweetheart in his forties. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, you you're sitting thinking, "Fuck." Oscar Ardiles, he was a locker. Yeah,
0: I wonder what he's up to nowadays. And then looking on his Facebook, and yeah, you know I mean, oh, he's married with kids. Shit, Same. Yeah, that could have been me. I could, I could have been. I could have one of those kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it has been lovely having you on, Jack. And uh, you should, uh, you should actually, anybody who is still listening by this point, um, just a mere hour and ten minutes in um read jack's work on 90 Men's website it's very good like it in in between you know the banter and the memes there is some good content still out there on the internet and jack is a i, I would say severely it severely sincerely jack is a purveyor of good content i i, I feel somewhat uncomfortable such as the toxicity of masculinity Jack I feel uncomfortable giving you a compliment yeah, I'm waiting for the insult I'm, here but I'm going to take it I'm and giving thanks. you a compliment uh, you yeah, I appreciate it Jack. he's, he's yeah. a fine writer, he's a purveyor of good content so be sure to check out some of his, his pieces, that's what you you pretentious writers call them don't you, pieces my yeah, piece pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, read his stuff and uh, yeah listen when I record a podcast again I, I might, I might have Jack on at some point, but probably not. You know. There no,
2: you go. this is, this. I, I feel like this hasn't gone well, but I've had a good crack. And thanks for having me on.